Happy Monday and welcome back to the Creative Grace Podcast. First, I want to start by saying thank you so much for tuning in. This is your host, Anna, and this podcast is all about navigating life as an entrepreneur. So if you're an entrepreneur of any kind, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm excited to have you here. So I'm pretty pumped to share today's episode because I chat with Brittany and Alex Hall and we chat all about hustle and why that really is not as bad as what people make it out to be. Brittany and Alex Hall are other photographers. They are a husband and wife team. They are doing big things over here and I'm so excited to see them grow on Instagram, TikTok, all the places. It's awesome and it's just so much fun to be able to pick their brain a little bit and gain some different perspectives. So without further ado, go ahead and let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Creative Grace Podcast with your host, Anna. Each week, I will be bringing out entrepreneurs who have inspired me to help you run a successful and thriving business. Ready to embrace both the mess and success? Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, it's so good to have you on the podcast today. I'm looking forward to today's conversation all about hustling and why that actually is not as bad as what people say it is. So go ahead, Brittany and Alex, introduce yourselves, and then we're going to dive right on to today's conversation. Thank you so much for having us. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, we're so happy to be here. I'm Alex. And I'm Brittany, and we are Chasing Sunsets Photo and Film. Uh, I think it's really exciting that we get to create photo and film of wedding days and just really important milestones in the lives of happily in love people. Yeah, it's super fun because we operate out of our van and our small office. Yeah, so we are based in the Midwest, but we do travel during the winter, so we're lucky enough to have clients all over the world. Um, I think it's just a, a really fun job. And when it comes down to building any kind of business, hustle has definitely been such an important uh, pillar in our business. Really I think has. I think work ethic and just hard work in general has helped us to achieve our dream job. So I'm really excited to talk about this. It's a very a passionate topic for both of us. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So when did you start your business? And um, yeah, how long, when did you decide like, all right, we're going to do this together? Because I know there's a lot of people that are like, all right, dream job, we get to work with our husband or wife and like do this thing. Like, when did you start and all of that? Wow, such a great question. I, I do. I love the opportunity that I get to spend every day with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I would preface it isn't for everybody. Yeah. And <laughs> Uh, it wouldn't be for me and my husband. <laughs> I, I would strangle him. Absolutely. Uh, and and honestly, there's moments like that that happen. But um, it started for us kind of kind of uh, when we decided that we were going to plan our wedding in, in about two weeks, Anna. And oh, yeah. um, for me, that was kind of like the moment where I was like, you know, peeking over the edge and kind of like, wow, that's some pretty blue water down there. But uh, I didn't really know if I wanted to dip dip in quite yet. So once we really jumped down that path and tackled such a such a big obstacle in such a short amount of time, uh, about a month later is when we actually started the business. Well, I think we learned through the process of such a short window for getting something done, something yeah. big like the start of our marriage. Like it just became this really eye-opening experience of wow, we can do hard things yeah. and we can do we can work really well together under pressure. And I think inside of photography, there's so much pressure from your customers, from yourself, from the industry in general. That to be able to operate in a stressful space and to thrive there is really important. Um, so through planning the wedding, you're right. That was yeah. the moment where we were like, yep, we're jumping. We can start a business. We can do something really cool. Mm-hmm. I think we both grew up in families where entrepreneurship was such a priority. Yeah. My mom was an entrepreneur. Alex's dad was always a, hey, we can work hard yep. and make our dreams come true. He always had something else going on in the background. So yeah. Alex and I, we started the rumblings in that year of 2017 was when we got married. Yep. We started the rumblings of like, could we start our own business? What what will it be? What will it look like? We had a couple of ideas with like real estate, but ultimately I think creating content and photography in general was definitely the one that was at like the forefront of the of the idealist. Yeah. And it definitely felt like it was it was kind of like the right next step because we were um, we were serving like we were serving uh, tables at the time. And doing other kinds of odd jobs to, you know, to make enough money and all that. And I feel like serving is actually a really, really good 
segue into the creative field and into actually being a full-time entrepreneur? Well, any service-based business, Absolutely. it's such a good experience to not only learn how to how to create an experience for a table, but also to like anticipate their needs. And we'll talk about that, of course, later. But yeah. I think that there's fundamental skills that you learn in the role of a server that directly impacted us starting Chasing Sunsets. Mm -hmm. But I think Alex is being really modest, and I want to tell how it started of us coming together because it started with just me and a camera. I've always had a camera and I've always been lucky enough to take photos. Forever. Forever, as long as I can remember. My family often jokes that I made selfies a thing before selfies were a thing, because I would steal the family disposable camera and like fill it full of my face. Like those 28 frames Did you own were put to, to good work. No, I didn't. I would, <laughs> I would pretend like, oh, I have no idea who took all of those photos, but I created my own evidence. So it was always so funny to get grounded from cameras and then later on become a professional photographer. So yeah, you definitely always had an eye for a good frame. And I was always the one that would uh, booger up the photos. So in like a family photo, I would find any <laughs> excuse to make like a, you know, a silly face. You were the soap saboteur. I was the saboteur. Yeah. Sorry, mom. I'm, I really am sorry. Plus your mom's heart <laughs> yeah. like still taking the pictures of you though. Um, <laughs> But it's fun because pictures and just documenting memories was always such a, a big thing for both of us. Um, your parents, of course, your family, not necessarily you documenting. Yeah. But then when we came together, I was lucky enough to have my first big girl camera and I wanted to start a business. So I was like taking little tiny photo shoots to get better. And then one day, Alex, he really was honest and he came from a place of love and said, hey, if you want to do this and you want to do this together, we have to do it right and we have to do it well. So we're not going to do auto settings. We're not going to skirt around the business organizational pieces of it. We're going to get a contract and we're going to start a business together. So overnight we went from, I went from Butis Momenta photography, which is actually Latin. It means happy moments photography, but like, I don't think Latin should be in your photography name personally. It's very cute. It's hard to connect to. Like not everyone speaks a, um, a verb, uh, what is it? It's a dying language. I think it's, yeah, it's a dying language. But it's beautiful, right? So I was like, it'll be so deep. People will think I'm so poetic. But overnight we went from Beautis Momenta photography to Alex was like, let's do Chasing Sunsets. Let's do this and let's do it together. I really, I really think that that name kind of embodied our whole spirit at the time too, because this was as we were really doing a lot of research for like living more of a mobile life and, mm -hmm. and maybe at first we started looking to see if, you know, a bus would be a good option. And then we looked at maybe like a bigger van and mm -hmm. then we, we finally ended up settling on a Honda Element to really test it out. Yeah, which was mostly car camping. But I think ultimately the drive for setting ourselves up with a really good business led us to a van because we really wanted to show up in a professional way. Yeah. And when you live on the road, I think there's this like stigma that you're also kind of a dirtbag, which you are. Totally. You, but you could be a professional dirtbag. Like you can be classy bag. and also run a business and live in a van. <laughs> it can be done. You can do it all. No, I absolutely love like your journey of like, all right, you guys are serving and then all of a sudden you're, you know, starting, um, you know, your business together and oh my gosh, it's so cool. I know I look back at my journey and I was actually a ship shopper when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do along with a personal trainer because, you know, we have a lot of side hustles yeah. and essentially it goes into a main hustle where you can do that full time. So I just think it's like cool and like the beauty of entrepreneurship is we always like have this mindset that we will like always find a way. <laughs> Yes. No matter what that is, no matter if it's photography or fitness or if it's like maybe your coach for somebody, like we'll always find a way. And I just, yeah, I love it. I love hearing like different stories like that. I think it's important too when you're building that way, whatever that way is. As an entrepreneur, it can be anything. It's going to be a very unique path. But for Alex and I, it definitely turned into this like element of hustle where it was like, okay, we're building pressure inside of a balloon. And one day when it pops, that's when we know we've made it, right? When it's in a flow state. So I think I think it's really cool as an entrepreneur to like look at those different phases of what brings you to a sustainable business. Yeah, the balloon analogy is really good. <laughs> we we reference back to that a lot because we would any inquiry that came in would be like, oh, yep, we're building the pressure. We're building the pressure. That's a good way of thinking of it. And also, I feel like, too, we have this like negative stigma when it comes to hustle culture and just like hustle. Like we kind of, oh, it's so bad. Like we can never hustle. Like, obviously, we want to have a time for rest and we want to have a time for hustle. And there are seasons of a ton of work, like busy season, for example. And mm -hmm. then there's 
times where you just work on your business in the back end and just kind of slow down and like dream again. So it's yeah. like, I like that. And so you guys mentioned of just kind of going through and talking about like the definition and what it means for you guys. So go ahead. I want to start real okay, quick and sure. say that I think it's also really easy to get caught up in the the workaholic mentality because you're building something that's so passionate to you. I think it's really easy to like equate very simply, like any amount of effort or time I put into something is going to lead to my success. So in the beginning, it is really hard to separate like, okay, is today the day that I take rest? Is right now the season where I have to kind of idle down in order to ramp up in the future? So it's okay if right away it feels like you want to go 110 miles per hour, but finding the balance is really important. So what would you say about like the actual beginning of our business and when did you recognize like, yep, pressing the gas was the most important? Yeah, I think that it is really important to understand, like like you said, Anna, that there's phases and there's levels to your business. And at the beginning of it, I think you can be really true and honest with yourself when you are in that uh, really, really fast paced hustle uh, aspect of it. And you're kind of like building strength and building momentum. But you're also learning if this is really something that you are passionate about and mm -hmm. it is something that you really want to dedicate you know, a good a good portion of not only your day and your week, but a good portion of your life too. Because yeah. um, when you're when you're working on it and you're you're getting into those moments where you're like, man, it's really nice out, but I still have to finish this right here. It's tough sometimes to really decide that, hey, I do still want to be my own boss. I do still want to write my own hours. I do still want to do all of this because it'd be a lot easier to just go outside and enjoy the weather. So it's fun to recognize that your first phase of business could easily be my favorite thing in the world is metaphors. So the way if it's not a <laughs> balloon that like you connect to, I like to connect to it with like you're building your first like pilot of a binge worthy series on Netflix. So if you think about the first season of The Office, I mean, they went hard in the paint in the first <laughs> season to get you hooked into that actual show. Right. Because ultimately your pilot is setting the foundation of what's to come in the show and you can build on it. So going hard right away and doing so for photo shoots for photography it's more photo shoots right away it's more repetition with your camera it's figuring out your settings and figuring out lighting and that the actual fundamentals of learning what you're providing is going to set you up for the longevity of your business yeah oh, for sure and i also think like brand recognition and just like just pushing out so much content to the point where people like recognize it and they're like that's like anna or that's alex or and so uh, that is one thing like when i was starting my own um photography studio in my hometown i was a little bit like kind of nervous that i wouldn't get bookings and stuff and like the first couple months were a little slow you know for people renting it out and i'm like you know what it needs it just needs brand recognition people just need to know about it like i need to get people in there even if that means getting them in there for free and just mm -hmm. telling them to go in an hour i just want content like and that i feel like that's all a part of like running a business like you just have to get people in the doors and like share about what you're doing. Like all a part of what we do, I feel like a lot of it is word of mouth. That's like all my clients, it's a lot of it, you know, or they just send your profile to somebody else, you know, stuff like that. I completely believe in that. What was it that you said that like people won't, they don't want to hire a business. They don't want to hire Chasing Sunsets. They really want to hire Alex and Brittany. They want to hire the humans. Yeah, that was a really big really big point uh, in our development and we only really got to that point and understood why we were having so much fun and why these people were giving us such positive feedback and that's when we really started to close the loop a little bit and understand that it was the experience that we were creating with them that was only possible because of all of the hard work and reps we had put in to figure out a lot of that yeah. at the beginning and then we really defined that it was our thing to really create an, an amazing experience for our couple and to produce a great product. So to break down the definition of hustle to Alex and I, because I think that everyone has a different relationship with it and they've had different experiences with that word, too. So the way we like to look at it is in our minds in the beginning, hustle meant that you were pressing the gas and you were putting time, love and energy into what you're doing. And I think that through that that experience, we learned that we could do really hard things. We learned what our capacity was. We learned what we were really good at. Through the repetitions, we learned very quickly what we were doing wrong and what needed to be maybe tweaked a little bit. So I think that no matter what, hustle can turn into a very dark thing, but it can also be a guiding light. Because of me wanting to build my business, us wanting to build our empire, our, our legacy, we are able to work a little bit harder, press the gas a little bit more, and ultimately, like, identify what can be improved. So phase one, I think in any business has got to be 
a ton of hustle, but a ton of learning, right? That's where you exponentially grow because you're getting better every day. Yeah, the learning curve, you definitely make a big impact at the beginning. Yeah. And then phase two on the tail end of hustle, of course, is like re reevaluating and like figuring out, okay, now how do we solve those mistakes or solve those problems? For sure. And I also think like figuring out like what your roots of your business are like and stuff like that. And I think that will also guide you with like hustle. So making sure like kind of reflecting and being like, okay, well, what is the purpose? Like, what's the mission behind my business? Like, why am I hustling so hard? What is the uh, sole like purpose? You know, strong. Yes. I think that it's, it's important to kind of mention too, that, um, while we were in this phase, we really started to dive into some really motivational content as well. And I think that that ties directly into kind of like the way that you um, think about what you're going through and what you're processing. And one of the people that uh, comes to mind every time I hear the word hustle is Gary Vaynerchuk. And I just, man, I just huge thank you. Appreciate everything you guys have done for us. Your content is very inspiring and it helps us to get, it helps us to get through our own hustle. So let me pause for a moment. Anna, have you ever heard of Gary V? Have you ever heard of Gary Vaynerchuk? Nope, nope. Okay, so he's a very raw and very um, candid human being. So yeah. like, not everyone's cup of tea. And it's and funny that okay. you it's that's funny okay. that you bring up Gary Vee because I think Gary Vee is one of those pioneers in the world of like hustle is important. Get out there and hustle. And I think he is one of those people who gets a lot of bad rep for that word and that association of like, oh, Gary's telling me to bend over backwards for my business, to sacrifice, to like be in an unhealthy place with it. But I think by listening to Gary go crazy. He's like an extreme though. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like he helps to put you in your place a little bit. Yeah. And so by having that extreme as a guiding light in our business, it helped us to figure out where that healthy balance was. Exactly. Yeah. But he is, he's a tremendous business owner. And if anybody's interested in learning a little bit more of another person's like hardship to success road, he's a good one. Yeah. For sure. And sometimes we need like that person above us to like tell us to keep going because I feel like we can get really lazy as entrepreneurs. Like, I mean, there's a lot of days where I'm like, nah, I don't really need to edit. I could just kind of work on social media when really my business doesn't need social media. It needs more like client work. So yeah, yeah. it's a really good way to just to motivate and be like our boss, you know? Sometimes we're not the best boss to ourselves. Yeah, so true. And you mentioned that so much of what we do is referrals and recommendations. And ultimately, at the core of any of this, you're building a business with the intention of providing value to a customer. And the value as a photographer in a photography business is you want to provide a really good service so they enjoy their time with you, yep. the actual act of creating exactly. together. But then you also want them to love the photos that you produce because those are the timeless pieces they walk away with. That's the product. So the hustle that we're recommending is going to help you improve that service and that product. So ultimately, harder work in the beginning of your business and hustling a little bit harder will lead to easier business in the longevity. I mean, how many times have people just come to us and said, I would like you to create for me because I saw what you created for that person. And the so way times. that they will recommend you and the way that they spoke about your energy, that's what I want to hire. Yeah. So I think it's it's really important to find those distinctions in your work and to like lean into it. Mm -hmm. What do you do well? For sure. And I also think too, like adding things like, um, like handbooks or booklets for people, like that's going to be a lot of hustle put together, but it's going to be so worth it because you're going to be able to give that out to your client and give a better client experience where they're like, wow, you're just like over delivering so much. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Which is like kind of a lot like what you were talking about. Yeah. And I think over delivery can also come in the form of anticipating their needs. So a funny theory that Alex and I came up with back in the serving days, oh, it was proven. It was proven to be true. It was, we called it the Dr. Pepper theory. So we served at a restaurant where if you ordered a soda, it's a refillable soda. And as you're like walking through the dining room, if you look at your customer's table and you might even be serving a different table at mm -hmm. the time, but if you are observant enough to notice that they're down to like the last quarter of a cup of soda and you come back with a full soda, you don't even need them to ask you to go do something. You've already anticipated what they wanted and dazzled them with just the act of bringing what they needed before they even needed it. So one of my favorite ways of incorporating the Dr. Pepper theory into wedding photography mm -hmm. is to uh, sometimes Brit has her little fanny pack along and she has all of her uh, day of things with her and she keeps tissues inside of there as tissues. well, which is so important for those pivotal moments. Yeah. And tied to go pens yeah. and safety pins, scissors. You have no idea how many times I pull out my scissors and people are like, what? She has scissors? Like. And my favorite moment is when uh, the groom asks for a tissue and you're able to provide it to him or if you've even oh. given it to him before 
the ceremony and then the bride needs a tissue during the ceremony and he gets to have this knight in shining armor moment where he pulls out the one tissue hands it to her and she just can't believe that he has that for her oh the dr pepper theory it does still 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 so true yeah but we only learned about that and we only gained that knowledge for our photography business through reps right like we went through one rep one wedding where we could have provided tissues and we didn't have them right so you're like cool that's part of my next my next series that's never I'm never gonna make that mistake twice you know that's kind of like our our reevaluating um you know in firsthand experience wise you know you look at what you've done and you always want to think about hey could I have done it better here or there definitely celebrate your successes but you know look and recognize where you maybe fell a little bit short yeah so do you ever find that like it's important in no matter what business you're building to recognize that there's different seasons? So the season that we are really speaking about right now is when you get out of the gate and you have just crossed the first line of the race and you're sprinting. Yeah. I'm a big fan of going hard right away with the knowledge that eventually, let's call it a marathon, by the end of that marathon, you do get over a curve essentially. And now it's the calming resolution. So that's where in your second or third season of business, you might idle down and that's okay. You might hustle a little differently. You might also niche down and you decide, you know, you don't want to take on all opportunities, but you want to focus specifically on what really sets your soul on fire. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I also think it's awesome that you can put a lot of hustle and a lot of hard work into something and you start to see the fruits of your labor. Like for me, I'm starting to see the booking just roll in, the inquiries just roll in. And I remember hustling a lot more in the beginning. I'm just trying to like, here, I'll give you a discount type of thing. Like, like I, whatever, I remember commenting on every single Facebook thing I could find. And now I'm just getting all my other clients are commenting my name. (laughs) And it's like, I'm doing less work in that end. Um, And so, yeah, it's really cool to see your fruits of your labor. And I'm excited for the next season of my business. Maybe I'll be a little hiccup in a good way. And then, you know, just like you go up and down. It's hills and valleys in a business. Hills and valleys. We once did a jazzercise class together, um, Alex and I. And it was was a very fascinating experience. (laughs) But the one thing that stuck with me was, number one, little old ladies love when a cute young man show up to jazzercise. That's number one. But number two... There is something called a jazzercise curve where, again, you build up the momentum for that climactic part of your workout and then you get to come down. So you got to learn to ride the wave and just go hard. In my opinion, you got to go hard in every step of your life. It's got to be intentional because the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And I just that's one of those guiding mantras that really just shines in our journey. Yes, I love that. Preach it. I actually heard um um, I, you know, I do Peloton and stuff and I remember yeah. always saying that on there, the way you do, you know, one thing is how you do everything. And I used to take that in my fitness journey when I was, you know, getting into fitness and stuff like that. So, and I feel, you know, it's good for anything. It yeah, is. It you is. mentioned the free work. I think some of your best like knowledge and experience comes from your free work. So even though it's not a paid do, you know, you're getting paid because you're showing up and intentionally doing something amazing. There's with it. so much to be said about the balance that that gives you. Because, yeah. you know, you, you show up to that and you're excited. You're not you're not necessarily nervous. You're just really excited to express yourself. And, and the balance that that creates is so important. Man. Yeah. It oh, yeah. Freedom. It is. Yeah. For sure. And there's also there's a lot of people that feel like they can't ever do free work or discounted work. And it's like, OK, come on, people like you can you can do if you want. It's your business. Like do whatever you want. Like if that's going to bring you closer to booking a really cool wedding, then do it. Like, I mean, there's obviously you're not going to market on your thing. Free photos. <laughs> but it's yeah. the sense of like, OK, you found a really cute couple and you're in this awesome location. Like, go for it. I know yeah. there's many weddings. Um or many things that I've done, just like couple sessions that all of a sudden that couple recommends me to somebody else and then they book me. Or I've even had it when I was first starting out, I was giving, um, I wanted to, you know, get people together for free sessions, just kind of yeah. building content and they would pay me. They all of a sudden yeah, paid me. And I was like, what? Like I would did this for free. And they're like, no, you know, like we want to pay you for your services. So it's kind of like every, it's like karma. It's getting yeah. it karma. But yes. You do good. Good, we'll come back, you know. So fill the cup up, yeah. man. When you're not expecting anything and you're not giving to receive, but you end up receiving somebody's generosity. I mean, there's that's a great feeling. It's so good to yeah. to play. I like to say it's like playing uh playing what is it playing baseball with the universe. So as long as you or yeah. playing boomerang with the universe, because it's the idea that what you put out there is gonna come back to yeah. you. Oh, I believe in karma. I do. Yeah. Yeah, good energy. <laughs> 
good energy. Yes. And then people ultimately, they remember how you made them feel and then they loved the photos. And even that person can turn around later on in life and hire you too. So I think it's a matter of continuing to put out little tiny, um, I don't know what you want to call it, but little tiny magnets to the universe and be like, I know something's coming back. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And I'm sure you remember that even with your serving job, you know, getting good tips from the job. I love that you guys, um, you know, were in the serving industry because that seriously does play a huge role on just being a good photographer or business owner, you know? Recommend it, yeah. And down to like the just the the detail of you walk up to a table full of strangers and you have to literally please them and you have to like make them smile. And we used to uh, work at a restaurant where sometimes- It was busy. And yeah. they're angry, they're hangry. They're angry. They're angry. Thank you for saying it without yes, me having to like smack yes. talk anybody because they're angry by the time they get to my table. So I used to love the challenge of like flipping a table, which is just the idea that when they sat down, they were angry. But when they leave, they're happy that they went they out. They were having a great time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And by by practicing that, I think that helped us to do um, wedding photography specifically because there is so much bite size adversity, whether there's like mixing personalities or people are just like stressed about time. Or weather can even or just be weather. a huge, huge stressor on the day. Yeah. So it's cool that different little bite sized lessons from serving have definitely served us in our in our photography business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> they've yeah. served us. they've served us. you like that you like that so, so you I, guys talked a little bit about like imposter syndrome and stuff like that when it comes to like hustle kind of like kind of dive into that because I know that's something we all kind of face um even if we don't want to admit it even if you know we might be 10 years into our business and we still are facing imposter syndrome totally yeah imposter syndrome I, uh kind of affects everybody a little bit differently, but I feel like there's a, a, a couple key points that everybody can kind of connect on. Um, I feel like it really just comes down to, you know, it's it's your body's way of, of kind of, you know, gut checking you and really telling you where you're at. And I feel like when there, when there's the biggest sense of imposter syndrome is when there's kind of like a gap between where you might think you are, where you might want even, to be, where you might want to be. That was kind of for sure. But like where you where you say you might be and then where you actually are. So if that's like just a confidence thing, then I would say, you know, go back to the drawing board and just just keep focusing on reps. And that's that's really the only cure for it that I know. of. The cure for imposter syndrome is reps. Yeah, it's like, it really it's, is. I think the cure for imposter syndrome is confidence is what I should have said, because what it comes down to is the confidence that you feel in what you're providing is the core of how you feel about providing it. So when you have a customer come to you and they say like, oh, I would like to hire you for this business, there's gonna be that little moment as an artist, especially for photography, where you're like, this is so strange that someone wants to pay me for something I love to do, that's my art. You know, it's how I see a moment. It's my settings, it's my editing, it's Mm -hmm. all these things. That's one version of imposter syndrome of just the actual conceptualizing like, yes, someone's paying me for what I create. That's that's bananas. That'll always kind of get me a little tickle in my heart because it's cool. It's very cool. But to your point, I think a lot of people do struggle with that, that idea of imposter syndrome because they might have they might have a price. They might have a service that they're offering and they don't feel 100 percent confident on their ability to provide that 100 percent of the time. Right. And so you're right. The only way to really cure that, in our opinion, is just more reps and, and again, more practice and hustle. And yeah, like, you know, for example, um, imposter syndrome was definitely more apparent when you take one of those first leaps, like in that first stage of your business and you realize, hey, I have a calendar that's full of bookings. You know, I want to make sure that I keep that service that I'm providing to these people at a really high value. So then you have to kind of take a step back and realize that, you know, that's not sustainable. You're going to have to change your price or, you know, start picking specifically one or the other. And a lot of people usually just go with the price option because it's easier. Mm -hmm. And now maybe you're charging twice what you were just a week ago. That's Mm -hmm. that's that's one of the moments where imposter syndrome starts to sneak in because there's not like a huge time difference between those two. But there is a big price difference. Right. And. Like I said, you know, just just getting back out there and doing more and more things in your field, make it like live and breathe it. 
and then you, you just, that just goes away. So I like the metaphor of imposter syndrome can come up when you feel like you haven't earned your seat at the table, yeah. which is a, a fine way to look at it. You're like, I'm, I'm building something, I'm building momentum, I'm learning new skills, and then I'm going to earn my seat at the table. That's one way to look at it. What I really love to imagine your business journey as is you're building the table. So you're putting in the hard work okay. to pull together the materials. You're actually constructing the table. So then by the time you've rolled your chair up to that table, you know that it's you're you're meant to be there. You know it's you, dirty. Yeah, you know that it's your table to sit at. So it's not this this thing where you're like, oh, I have to gain outside approval. You gotta you gotta look inside. Yeah. You gotta know that at the core of what you're showing up and providing, you're sound in that. Yes, you guys did such a good job explaining that. Yeah, confidence has such a huge like role, you know, with all of that. I know um, that I know when I finished high school, I started entrepreneurship and I started group fitness and I was so not confident. I was so imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome. And I was like, I'm 18 years old. I'm getting up on stage trying to like teach this fitness class. The roots of that, like, help me now that I can get in front of clients that I don't know who they are, and I can just be like, hey, like, we're going to have the best session ever, and I can just be fully confident and, like, just good with that, you know? And I also, you guys touched a little bit on pricing, and I think we also have to remind people, it's okay if you don't want to price your session at X amount right now. If you're not confident at that, then don't price it there. Like, just because everybody else is pricing it as that, obviously, you don't want to, you know, sell your sell all of your work short but at the same time like you have to first build up that confidence when i was first starting i would raise my prices 25 dollars, and then i would be there for a little bit i would provide that good value when i got better it was another 25 dollars and so it got to the point where now i feel so confident about my pricing and i feel very valued at that there might be people that might be higher, but that's what I'm booking at. And that's what I feel good at. So only you know where you're at and only, you know, where you would feel most comfortable with your price. You're so right. It's an internal decision. A hundred percent of the and way. And Once that alignment kind of happened, you didn't, you didn't feel that way anymore because you felt comfortable with what you were providing and what it was, uh, what the rate was for it. Yeah. I love that. Great example. I also want to touch on for imposter syndrome that it often comes up for me personally when I look outside of my own my own lane. So I think it's really important to recognize that if you are one of those people who, I mean, me included, if you get caught up in that idea of why doesn't my work look like their work or why isn't my work in alignment with this other person's journey or why am I not in a stage of business where that person is now? You have to you have to really um, stay in your lane. You have to focus on what Almost you're put, doing. Almost like, blinders on, right? Yeah. And have like that tunnel vision and just just keep your goal in mind and know that every day you're getting better and that's what matters. Every day you're better than who you were yesterday. You're not comparing even comparing myself to where Alex is at. Yeah. Um, we that struggle. Was a, that was a yeah, we yeah. struggle a lot with each other um, when it comes down to like, oh, Alex is better at lighting people up. He can connect to humans in a way that I just haven't been able to yet. And I can still make people smile. That's no problem. But the way that Alex can genuinely spark joy is so cool. And that leads into like your background of making people laugh and and wanting to like connect with people, even if there wasn't a camera involved. Alex was always the like funny dude in the situation. Whereas for me, you know, Alex might be out of alignment with what how many reps on a camera I've had because it's been such a part of my life my whole life. So we do have our own imposter syndrome between the two of us because it's like. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't even really start to enjoy creating content and like taking pictures until until we were married. And I was able to really create pictures of you that you then yeah. loved. And then I got to experience that whole joy of sharing that with you. And that was. Yeah, you're right. So it's like we'll show up to a wedding day and I'm like, oh, man, am I as good as Alex? Am I going to make the bridal suite light up the way Alex is already getting the grooms going like. We will be in a room with the bride. I will be in a room with the brides. And I will literally hear like the the roaring <laughs> laughter with Alex and his dudes. And I'm like, that's just not fair, dude. Like, come make my girls laugh. Like, yeah. please. You guys are too funny. You're so competitive. I love it. <laughs> there is a little bit of competitiveness to it. Uh, just a fun side note why I leave it out, Anna. We've taken a couple different personality tests and we're like identical. Like, it's like the same. So that's where all that competition comes from. It's yeah. like the perfect blend, I think. It's pretty yeah, cool. I think the most wow. important quote someone ever told us about marriage, love, life, all of the things was you should marry a partner or at least be with a partner who equally compliments you. Um, not like flattery, but like literally balances you and yeah. also challenges you to become a better version of yourself. I so like that. that's always at the core of what we do. Oh but, yeah, for sure. No, I love that. Um, my husband and I were very 
we're similar, but we're so different. And so like he could not be sitting at a computer all day. He would not be the one jumping into the bridal and being like, hey, guys, like, (laughs) so you are a lucky duck, you two working together. That's so fun. Such a gift, you know. I'm really grateful yeah, for what we do. Very blessed to spend so much time together, growing together. And thanks to everyone that supported us. Yeah, shout out to all of the all of the amazing humans who who helped us build this empire. No, I love it. So you guys talked a little bit about like organization phase of you know the business of the hustle. Oh my gosh, organization is something I feel like creatives lack because we're so spontaneous. At least for me, I'm like I need a list. If I don't have a list, we're not getting shit done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the list man how do you feel about the list alex oh uh, so Britt and i have have definitely worked out you know different um kinks kinks kinks, <laughs> kinks in the road or in the hose or you know however you want to describe it where uh she works really good with lists and and i i think i work better with maybe like one or two tasks <laughs> probably <laughs> because um, I definitely can get like a little bit squirrel brained at times and like find it like, oh, this is this is now my priority or this is my priority. So I'm like really good with one or two like larger tasks and then that can hold my attention. Whereas Brit is totally fine jumping around and smashing eight things on a list in 10 minutes. Like, yeah, you're and so I, good at that. It's amazing. I think in that organizational phase in general, you have to look at your current chapter, your current season, yeah. be really honest with where you're at. And then ask yourself questions like, okay, what can I do today to get me to where I want to be tomorrow? And try to list out or at least conceptualize the big bucket goals and what are the tiny actions that will get you there. So for organization, one of the biggest ones that helped us grow our business was we need to get our contracts in order. Oh, yeah. Um, We need to make sure we have all of the nitty gritty details of what we're expected to do and what the customer is going to be expected to understand and agree to. The deliverables, right? The deliverables. So getting organized was getting on a CRM. We use Honey. Honeybook and love Honeybook. That tool kind of took care of contracts, invoicing, scheduling, all kinds of things. Why are you laughing? I'm just remembering how many different places we had our stuff before (laughs) Honeybook. And you're totally right. The CRM is a big step. We used to bring like a paper contract to a session and be like, sign it on Alex's back. He's sweaty right now, but just sign it. It's fine. Yeah, Honeybook does really help with keeping things organized and or even just like your payments. Like I do have some people, I try to take all payments through HoneyBook, but some people still want to pay through cash or PayPal and it still yep. screws up everything. But I do like how in HoneyBook, you can still check it as they paid through something else, which yeah. Yeah. helps. Yep. Yeah. It keeps, keeps all the moving parts in one place, which is cool. So I think by investing in some kind of organizational tool, yeah. Even just at the bare minimum of contracts and invoicing, yeah. you're no longer treating your side hustle like a side hustle. It's now you're treating it like a business and it's it's going to become so much stronger because you're doing that so much sooner. Yeah, it's going to reflect in other aspects of your life for sure. Totally. I mean, even just your customer's interpretation of your business, if you're more organized and you're, you know, a little bit more polished on the front end, I think that that's going to lead to a better client experience, which is then going to be a better review. Because like, do you remember the penny tablet, right? Oh, yeah. So one time we upgraded phones and we got a penny tablet, a a tablet for a penny. Says a lot, Anna. It does. But we were balling on a budget at the time. So it made sense for that season. And when we would have people sign contracts through that penny tablet we'd be at the end of a session and like trying to get it to load in terrible service because you're probably somewhere beautiful without service yeah and i just i have to look back and be so grateful that those humans still wanted to continue to invest in us because we took like 20 minutes of their time trying to get them to sign this tablet and like i just think that the organization is a huge piece of it it does make the whole onboarding process a lot smoother especially when you think about how you can send the contract an invoice and a questionnaire all within 10 minutes of getting off of a call yeah Yeah, that's that's a good experience and relate it back to hustle i mean you can accomplish so much more as a business owner if you're more organized so if it's not contracts and invoicing it could be simply you organizing the way you store your data or gear or your gear. If, if you show, if you show up to a session without any memory on your memory card because you weren't organized enough to know that you needed to format it before you got there or God forbid you don't bring your battery like that's not a good client experience. Yeah. You are not an organized business owner. You can't operate with all of the moving parts unless you're organized at the core of it. Yeah. And we still get better all the time. Trust me, we're not perfect, but it's important. <laughs> And also, if you're not super organized, don't tell your clients. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I agree. That's I agree. not your personality trait. You cannot, you can't try to connect with people. Just be like, I just come in there. If you just show them that you you got it right, 
they they will believe it if you show them they will believe it and yeah i also wanted to touch something um well one thing all my clients you know they have always really complimented me before i even given them like the pictures they're like wow like you were so organized and i'm thinking in my head my brain's kind of going everywhere like i'm on a hamster wheel and i'm like i really was was i (laughs) but because the honey book it was I was able to deliver like a really good organized contract, organized payment. It was made it super simple because people want simple nowadays, you know. Um, And when they got to the wedding, you know, after the wedding, I kept things that were super organized throughout the day. Um, I would just I always have people that come up to me. They're like, you did such a good job. And I'm like, well, you haven't even seen the images. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best compliment when someone at the end of the day is like, I don't even care what the photos look like. Sharing the day with you was such a fantastic experience. Like, No, and then another thing I heard, I don't know if you guys know who Donald Miller is. Um, Okay, so he's really cool. And I was taking his one course. And one of the things was like, all right, when you step into like the beginning of a day, like work day, working for yourself, think of three primary tasks, and then write those down and only start with those three things. And then Below that, you're going to write down all the secondary. And those are the things that are like time suckers and they just keep you busy from actually accomplishing your primary. So that's things like emails or setting up meetings, like all of those things to start with, like your three main things for like your power hour and then dive into the things that, you know, do that because I've noticed like I'll start with emails and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, it's already like two hours in, you know, and doing that and setting up contracts versus actually getting some things done that you need to because like the first hour or whatever it is within the day that you start, it's like, that's when your brain is super fresh. So do that other stuff later. It's like, you know, your brain's already kind of dead. So, yeah. I think one of the smartest people I've heard speak to this is Nathan Chansky, which like, like shameless plug. I think he's amazing. Podcast. I saw your, I listened to that episode and I was like, she got to talk to Nathan yeah. Chansky. Like, I'm that's excited. So cool. I haven't, hey, no spoilers. I haven't gotten to it yet. Okay. 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 But I will tell you yeah. this. I've heard Nathan <laughs> refer to it as start with the tasks that are the highest impact and then go from there. Because nice. if you're going to start with like the low impact tasks, you've filled your whole day with busyness that doesn't really like make a grand impact on what you're actually Although achieving. it's important, it's not the high impact. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. Emails are important. Timing is important. But I do think that getting that gallery done before the deadline is more important. And yes. so, you know, shift gears and figure it out. I just, I, I, pre- I preach it more than I practice it sometimes because I just get very scatterbrained, you know, and you're like, why? Like bright and shiny. I want to work over here, but I've been trying to be more intentional with it. So I just want everyone to know, like, even if you've been in business for a few years, like we still struggle with that. Yes. So that's also to know, like, it's just something, a work in progress. We're all just, we just are, you know, we keep having to work on it. Well, because we're all human, right? Like, yeah. I think the the negatives around hustle culture is that you almost have to put people assume you have to put your human aside and like just do work. But I think ultimately a healthy hustle or a healthy work life balance comes down to you honoring your human and where you're at. So there's going to be days where you are on fire, you're getting everything done, you're you're crushing it and you're flowing. But then you might show up the very next day and that's your idle down day. And that's your like, okay, I got so much done. Now I'm going to intentionally give myself a different pace. So you're right. No matter how many years in business, no matter how organized you are, you can go through a flow state that goes up and it goes down. I think that the last last little bit to mention is if you do feel yourself starting to like lose some of that focus and, you know, you, you may be starting to get a little scatterbrained and you feel your productivity going down. Uh, that's like one of the best benefits of having a little puppy. So we just like walk Nick around, you know, oh, 20, 20, minute, fresh air and 20 a minute break, get some sunshine and, you know, kind of like talk a little bit about how our day is going. And then when we get back to the office, it's you know, new energy. Yeah, we're a little bit more rejuvenated and have a little bit more new energy to kind of refocus in and maybe get, you know, another one hour in of, of really good hard work, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Yeah, don't beat yourself up if there's a day that you just don't feel like it. Like, the other day, I was, I got so much done. Like, I feel like in the middle of the month, I'm like, all right, nail it. And then there's just some days where I'm like, oh, I just feel like poop. Like, we're just gonna go past this. And sometimes those days, I'll just kind of edit and I'll just do things that don't require a lot of brain work. It's more like today I was editing and I didn't have a ton of motivation to do some other things. So I'm like, all right, we're just going to jam out to music. We're going to put on some good hits and I am going to nail out editing today. So, I mean, it's just good to figure out yourself, too, with that. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
definitely be in tune with yourself. It's important. Yes, I love that. Is there anything else you guys have to say before I ask you a couple questions? I have one thing. I think that no matter what your business is, no matter what phase of business you're in, I think it's really important to do everything you do with good energy and with love. If you keep joy at the center of what you're doing, it's going to it's going to come through in your reviews. It's going to come through in how you feel actually doing it. And I think that no matter what, people are gravitating more towards honey than they are vinegar. So just be the honey in the world and be honey to yourself, right? Like we have things to complain about all the time, uh, but rather than coming at it from a complaining place, come at it from a place of like, I wanna learn and I want this to be mitigated in the future, or this is a learning moment. This is meant to be icky or whatever it is. Just try to keep joy at the center of what you're doing and your business will thrive so much more than if everything feels like a chore, like you said, yeah. Yeah. I think the only real thing that I would add, that was great, by the way. Thank you. I think the only other thing that I would really add that I would love for, for everyone listening to know about is uh, just treat treat everyone like you can learn something from them. Yeah. And I mean, in all aspects, you know, seeing somebody on the side of the street or, or anything like that, uh, if you treat people like that and then you make a, a strong effort to, to learn people's names, I think that you'll have a lot more raving fans and people will be really excited to help you along the way in any way that they can. Oh yeah, you build a, a, a community of advocates who watch you grow in that beginning stage and then they just become absolute raving fans for the longevity of your business because they watched you go through the phases of growing that's and getting really, better. That's a really good point. Um, if you are starting out, uh, don't shy away from, from being uh, a little bit messy in the beginning. And, and just share your journey because people do want to be a part of something that they can watch kind of become something bigger mm -hmm. and, and they can come along for the ride and grow. So uh, give yourself permission to be a beginner. Yeah. Let yeah. them, let them, let them be along for the journey. People are attracted to a story. And if you can share your story, then you'll go further, you know, yes. I, well, I'm attracted to your story. And that's why I was asking about like your van and, Oh, you guys are close to Michigan. Like how cool. Like, yeah. I mean, we're attracted to stories. We're not just attracted to pictures. Like if we're yeah. competing on like an actual level of like photography, like we're just not going to go anywhere. you got to be able to shine your light and like shine you. Yes. I agree. It's so true. For Thank sure. Interested in our story. I think it's so flattering yeah. and so exciting. We appreciate your yeah. interest. No, I love it. I love sharing my story too. When people always ask, it's just fun. And, um, you know, and clients are like, Oh, how'd you get into photography? And it's like, Oh, it's like, you have so much to say and they, they love hearing it and then they want to come back because they want to keep supporting your story and your mission. So yeah. I have a strong mission. You gotta, you gotta have that. Like people forget about having a mission in their business and every single mission, even Myers has a mission. Yes. <laughs> Like even Burger King, I don't know what their mission is, but everybody has a mission and we have to, we have to know that like we're a business and we have to have a mission. Like we can't just give people images or do whatever you do in your business or maybe it's product based. You have to like have a mission, you know, that you're centered from. Would you say that a mission is also like your why? Because I've heard it called, yeah. I think both. Yeah. Okay, good. A mission statement, um, like what you're going to do in the future with your business Mm -hmm. Also, on top of that, like your um, yeah, your why, like what's like your roots of your business? Yes, I like that. Yeah, I know. I didn't really start diving into like the roots and everything. I feel like when we start, we just are so worried about just getting there um, that we forget about like building a strong foundation. And that's why I started um, a business with my good friend. It's called Soul Entrepreneurs, and it's basically bringing back like the soul of your business and yeah. like. Because there's so many people that they hustle so hard and they don't have any like root, like strong roots. And then yep. they all of a sudden they burn out because they, you know, they don't have those roots and they don't have the reason behind it. So like for our business, we tried to, um, you know, throw that into there of like, you know, you got to have a mission. You got to have that soul behind it. So, yeah. <laughs> what would you say is your soul of our business or what is your why? I, I think that, uh, because sometimes we ask people to describe what it's like to, to work with us. And I think that um, our mission would be to, to show, show people the best versions of themselves, like mm -hmm. when, while they're having you know, the, the great time that we're all having together. I think that 
I think that's that's like really impactful for people to see what like their truest form of happiness and expression looks like. Mm -hmm. And I would say that 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 kind of encompasses my whole idea. What would you you think? think? I think the roots of why I love doing what we do is uh, at the core of everything I do in my life. I love the idea that we're leaving behind a legacy. And even if that legacy is that we did bring joy to somebody's milestone, their wedding day, their their first newborn, like those nitty gritty little moments that make up the the ultimate story of your life I think it's so cool that at the core of what we're doing we're preserving legacy so seeing the joy that people feel when they are in their moment and we get to be there to document it I like that they both go together that's yeah good. I do oh, that's perfect and isn't the business name chasing sunsets yes yes yeah so you're basically you know you're chasing milestones and sunsets <laughs> yeah. so I love that on a wedding day and someone will be like, we'll be like hustling towards good light. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, we're chasing sunsets right now. <laughs> so the the first time it happened, I like, I almost started crying. It was so beautiful. Cause it was like such a perfect sunset and Ty and Tori were so excited about Shout it. Shout out to the Shapers. Yeah. Love you guys. That's, that's awesome. So no, that's yeah. awesome. I love it guys. So I kind of like already, I always end with biggest business tip and I feel like you guys already dived into that unless you have any other biggest business tips. I kind of dive into that, didn't I? Oh, yeah, didn't right. you? Didn't you? Um, um, can you come up with another one? Yes, I do. I would say that my biggest piece of business advice is it's going to be the whole concept that you need to celebrate the the process and celebrate the journey yeah. and, and be so honest with yourself every step of the way about what is good and what is what are you learning about every single phase of business because no matter what there's no destination i know that there's these chapters that you're getting you're going to get excited to get to you know where you can idle down or where you're going to be more organized or feel more confident that's awesome but you're not stopping there you're going to continue to get better and so just really settle into the idea that this is just a big ride and it's going to be so thrilling and all the different twists and turns but never give yourself like a plateau. You're not reaching a plateau. Yeah, that's a good point. Like goals, goals are goals are great, uh, but they're they're more like you know just little stops along the way. I like that. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. And and just knowing that you're never 100% there, and like, um, you you might get there, but then there might be something else. You know that you want to do or whatever. And I love that with the whole goals. Awesome, you guys. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was so good. It was so good having you guys on and just like meeting you guys. Actually, <laughs> I see like people on Instagram and I feel like I've met so many people on Instagram. So it's like good to actually see your faces. Um, if you're listening to this, I'm actually watching them and they were doing some funny facial expressions. So it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so go ahead and like give your plug of like where people can find you book a session if you guys are traveling or whatnot. So um, I think the easiest and most exciting place to party with us is Instagram. It's at Chasing Sunsets LLC. And that's where you're going to find some of our fun, educational, and just energetic content. Yeah. If you like Reels, we do a couple of funny things over there. We, we share a lot of tips um, about how to maybe get better a, a little bit at a time or maybe a bigger process. But we also have some fun with it. So you might just really think it's entertaining and hilarious. So you should check that out. We're building content on our YouTube channel under the name Chasing Sunsets Photo and Film. So please be one of our first hundred subscribers. That would yes. be amazing. Yes. And in the future, I think it's going to be best to find Alex and I either in Wisconsin during the spring or summer. And then we are in Arizona or in in Southern California between the winter months of like November to April. Yeah. So we would be honored to meet up and just get to know other creatives in the space. Stop by and say hi. We'd Stop love to by meet and say guys. hi. We love our niche neighbors. And yeah, if this brought you value, we'd love to hear about it. So feel free to share the podcast to your story. Yeah. Tag all of us. And we, we will just really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having yeah, us. Yeah, thank you for giving yeah, us the yeah. space. It's really sweet. No, that's awesome. You guys are snowbirds. You guys have like the best life. I mean, you're pretty much, you're in the warmth all year round, you know? Good weather. Um, our brand is definitely it's intertwined in everything we do. <laughs> I know. I'm like, but I really like the cloudy days, honestly. Like in the winter when we have cloudy days, I'm like, that really like sets the tone for my moody images. Well, not yeah, all, yeah. but you know, <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. yes. Well, so good to have you guys on, and I'm excited to have you guys back. And yeah, I'll see you guys on Instagram. We would love to be back sometime. It was too. awesome meeting you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. It means the world. If you're enjoying the show, please leave me a five star review by scrolling down a little bit past the show notes. On top of that, share this episode with a friend who may just need it. 